Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Morning, friends. Good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, listeners, this is a podcast where we look at things and talk about them. My name is Simon, and my co-host name is... Dean. Uh, still Dean. I always has been Dean. Um, I always have trouble with this bit, don't I? I so, so yeah. never know when I'm meant to come in with the names. I know your name. I've known it more than longer than I've known most facts. Well, it's you a name you have trouble with. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I don't need to remember your name, but... Uh, mm. Telling people mine is something I've got a blind spot with. <laughs> I'm just deeply insecure. Now this story makes me realise it. <laughs> they don't need to know my name. No one cares. No one cares. Uh, Dean, you're the number one star of this podcast, and <laughs> uh, I've got a little surprise for you this week, Dean. Oh, good, good. This is always, uh, always ominous. Please continue this lovely surprise. So we've had um, an email in from a listener. Good lord, I know. Uh, <laughs> And this particular email, I thought, I'm going to get back in contact with this person and I'm going to arrange a phone call. Oh, okay. So I've got their number now, Dean. I'm going to ring it. Right. It's ringing, Dean. Okay, it's ringing, yeah. Hello? Hello? Hiya, it's Simon from um, the podcast. Ah, uh, hello, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've spoke about what we're going to do, yeah? Um, so, you're going to speak to Dean now? Okay. Hello. Hello, Dean. Hello. Do you recognize my voice? I am afraid I don't at the moment. No clue uh, who that is, Dean? It's me, Fanny Madrat. It's Fanny Madrat, Dean. Oh, hello, Fanny. <laughs> I didn't wonder when you get in touch. I was thrilled to be mentioned on your show. I am a big fan of your work. Oh, that's really, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Fanny. You are a very naughty boy, Dean <laughs> Burnett. He is a naughty boy, isn't he? Okay. Now, Fanny, uh, you've got a question for Dean, is that right? Yes. Okay, take it away. Tell me, Dean. <laughs> Have you ever been penetrated by a Dutch woman? <laughs> um, I, I can safely say I have not, Fanny. Oh. I, 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 um, apologies. That's disappointing at all. It's a bit of a disappointment that time for Fanny, I imagine, Dean. You've never been penetrated by a Dutch woman? Dean? I, yes, Fanny. What? Are you a doctor of any way? <laughs> Uh, I'm officially a doctor of neuroscience, but now I'm starting to question that based on my experiences. That's the brain, man, isn't it, Dean? Yes, yes, brain and nervous system. You know. The brain isn't the organ I'm interested in. Okay, okay then. Um, are you more? Of a... I'm interested in cock. <laughs> okay, funny. I mean, technically, that's not that's, that's part of a reproductive organ. Surely, I don't think it's a whole. Oh. Goodbye, I love you, Dean. <laughs> Goodbye, Fanny. Fanny. <laughs> love you too. Here we are, Fanny Madrat, Dean. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Fan message. Yeah. Well, that's... Uh... He seems to be keen on you anyway, Dean. So. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've mentioned a few times where people love a bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of flattery, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what are you going to show me this week, Dean? Well, Simon, I'm going to show you a thing in a second. Uh, this is something which just popped up randomly. Well, I say randomly. Maybe it was uh, predetermined by various software algorithms. But um, 
popped on my Facebook feed, one of those recommended for you things. And I don't know why it appeared on my um, Facebook feed. My only theory is that this podcast has leached into my regular life, <laughs> and I've been it's been shaped by uh, the forces that we've unleashed. Excellent. This features a uh, I don't want to say friend of the podcast, um, bane of the podcast, perhaps. Oh uh, yeah, that one has come up a few times. But um, basically, let's have a look at this, shall we? Uh, this is what we're looking at. Here we go. Yeah. Oh. Right, ready, I can ready? see who it is. You ready? Wait, 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 wait. Let's go for it. <laughs> so that's Mr. Blobby. Uh, a... What's happening? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, um, it's a 14 second clip of. We're in the middle of a, uh, I'm guessing, British wrestling uh, tournament. Um, some reason. Mr. Blobby is on the side of the ring, and the two people in the ring, three it looks like actually, are trying to fight him, and he just, just lays them both out <laughs> this big, pig spotty paws. And there's a group of like seven, eight guys on, yes. on the side of the and ring. women, maybe, yeah. Yeah, waiting to sort of take him on, and he just dies and flattens them. <laughs> so it's basically, much like our Christmas episode, it's Mr. Blobby on a rampage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so... I, I mean, I don't know the context for this. I don't know, the, um, I don't know the, the the logic behind it. It just it's it's a video from February, so it's fairly recent, unless it's smart. a new video of an old thing. But it looks it's clearly a, it's clearly a smartphone video. Yes. So it's obviously post smartphone, which is very much uh, after the blobby era. So I don't think it's like from from the nineties or something. Um, yeah. So it's just a, a wrestling tournament, but Mr. Blobby has seemingly invaded and started fighting people. Um, also, in the ring, you got your two wrestlers in their standard wrestling gear. Then you seem to have um, one of the members from early 2000s pop rock band Razorlight sprawled out <laughs> yeah. on yeah, the so floor. That's what it looks like. Yeah, the white suit. Yeah, so. he's got like white jeans <laughs> and he's got those pointy little shoes. Is it? No, again, trying to weave in other episodes. Is it? Go someone raise that, or is it the John Travolta impersonator we found on that website? Because <laughs> his sole claim to John Travolta's was he had a white suit to turn out, yeah, and looked slightly seventies-y, and a collection of skulls or something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I'm also thinking, you know, is this we, you know, before we get into the whole wrestling, you know, fake pantomime sort of thing, we also looked at recently that the Mister Blobby outfit was on sale. You know, the actual original oh. Blobby costume. Yes. It is this, like, so this is person who's bought it and has literally gone on a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the perfect alibi. People think it's Mr. Blobby, so I'm just going to start smashing the shit out of people. Yes, the person who bought it for 16 grand or whatever it was, <laughs> thinking it's going to be a tremendous investment, has realised yes. that as soon as the news broke that someone had paid 16 grand for it, eBay was littered with hundreds and hundreds of exact replicas of the very same Bobby yeah. costume he bought. Completely depreciated it. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. What seemed to be a rare item was found not to be, and he's put it on and he's, like, he's become one with it. The essence of Blobby has gone straight into him and he's rampaging around wrestling yeah. rings. He's realised all this is good for is padding, protection. Hang on a minute. I've got an idea. But the um for the listeners who might not watch the video, it is a uh, proper blobby costume. It's not like um it's not a shit one. Yeah, not talking about the the pantomime, so it's basically an oven glove with with a blobby face drawn on. This is the proper, you know, big pepper pot shaped uh, body and all the accompanied limbs and stuff. So it is very much a blobby costume in the traditional sense. Um, 
Yeah. So okay, why Mr. Blobby would be at arresting much and taking on all comers? Because I want to think about this actually Blobby going on a rampage is because you know, the race-led guy on the floor, he looks if I'll, if I'll put it back again, I'll turn the sound off so you don't get too distracted. Let's 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 walk let's walk through it. So race-led guy's already on the floor. Yes. Um uh lot of guys in black holding back what looks like a different wrestler outside. Um, yes. uh they look fairly genuine. The lady wrestler, who looks like she's dressed in some sort of fifties housewife outfit, but uh, you know, maid outfit, but with no no sleeves. So she's got. To, it seems to have a letter on the front of her. Yeah, it says P. I wonder oh, if she's okay. part of a tag team or something. The, so this, the, the yeah. letter there on the front of it it uh, made me remember uh, Pokemon, the bad guys yeah, in Pokemon. Team Rocket. That's my first thought. Yeah, they might be doing that actually. I see the other guy now. I don't. It could mean that this whole wrestling organization team is just, they're all parody characters. And Maybe. You could have Team Rocket, Mr. Blobby, Ainsley Harriet, Eamon Holmes. Eamon <laughs> Holmes, the wrestling yeah. character. <laughs> what would he be called? The Cunt, of course. <laughs> yeah, I guess. He's a real heel in, yeah. in the traditional sense. But, so like, but the lady wrestler hitting Blobby, hitting, yeah. is doing that classic wrestling not actually hitting you. The big wide arms landing quite uh, slowly on him. Yes. So clearly no impact. Just windmilling on him. But if you look at Blobby, he seems to really clock like it. Yeah, it is a team. It's a team rocket outfit. It is, That's what they it? Are. Yeah. It's a team rocket inspired wrestlers. So um... it is. They're all, they're all famous characters. You've got the man from yeah. Rings of Light. You've got Blobby, Team Rocket. Let's identify yeah. some more. He levels out the bloke from the rocket. Well, so the thing, he actually is, he looks like he's clocking him properly. It, as did, well. it not... did look like he swung and hit him, and then he goes, splash. And he genuinely dives on the guys in front of him. Like, there's no way to yeah. fake that, because he is... Uh... He does, he connects. Oh, there's a guy on the floor who looks like Mr. Motivator, maybe? He's got a sort of... Oh, yeah. He's not, yeah. He, has, he has got a leotard, but... Um, is the guy in like, meant to be not Edmunds, maybe? Maybe it's Edmunds and Blobby. <laughs> is yeah. the sort of... Is this what those people that look like actually end up doing? This is <laughs> yes, yes. It's like a battle royale for celebrities. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would though, if you had the men, you'd hire them all and make them fight to the death. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. You sit in a big throne with your thumb up and down constantly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you would have Eamon Holmes doing it, maybe. That would that would work. So I was thinking about the wrestling recently. I think another reason I popped up is because my son occasionally borrows my phone to look up YouTube stuff, and he's started uh, getting stuff from from classic, you know, classic traditional WWE wrestling, you know, which is still going. Obviously, it's still a big thing. Yeah, it's a big, big thing. Yeah. One thing that really sort of threw me. He said, "Oh, Dad, look at this move," and I said, "Oh, which wrestler is this?" He goes, "Oh, it's the Undertaker." And it's the same Undertaker from when we yes. were kids. Yes, yes. How is that even possible? He's he's old, but he's still doing yeah. it. He's sort of semi-retired yeah. now, apparently. Didn't because I looked up a little while ago. Um, so thinking of, oh, like I can't remember what came up, but um, just about wrestlers from our youth. And looked up this, this site which tracks which are, which are the dead. Oh, There's right. loads of them. Yeah, it's like a, it's like you know, like what was it the Big Boss Man, Brutus Barber Beefcake, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. Miss Elizabeth. She's gone. Um, I don't bam, remember bam. If Miss Elizabeth. Was she like a Queen tribute act or something? <laughs> no, she was just the. She was one of the first attractive ladies they introduced to wrestling. No, but she, right? Uh, you know, um, you know, the tugboat and typhoon—they both were. They were. They were massive. They were <laughs> so it didn't. That's not so huge. Bam, bam, Bigelow. To, to, you know, these, Chris all these Benoit, characters. of course, Dean Chris Benoit. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> but anyway, it's like I felt. Oh, like but. 
it kind of felt bad for professional wrestlers, at least from our day, because they were like neither fish nor fowl. They didn't get the respect of being proper athletes because it's all fake. But they did have to do all the stuff, and they seemed to have like short shrift in terms of you know bad injuries and bad health more than anyone. So yeah, definitely. I don't know, yeah. it just felt like a really sort of raw deal to be a, a, a professional wrestler in that sort of sense. But yeah. better now. But um, this seems to go far more far more British affair, doesn't it? It really <laughs> does. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess what we look like here is a British Town Hall <laughs> all-star celebrity wrestling bout, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't the thing I knew I wanted, but I'm, I don't know why it exists, but I'm pleased that it does. I, yeah, me too. I've enjoyed looking at this. I, I wouldn't mind seeing some more clips, to be honest. Yeah. I wonder well, what I get... other famous acts are in it. Yeah, well, I haven't looked up yet. I just, I'll, I'll keep this as a standalone thing so we can speculate wildly about it as, as it's all want. <laughs> But I might look up, so sort of like, oh, it's just like Mr. Blobby wrestling. <laughs> then it turns out it is actually just a run, random bloke who invaded the wrestling ring. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just started laying people out left, right, and centre. You've got to mix the people involved. We reckon it's Mr. Motivator, Team Rocket, Razor Light, Mr. Blobby. We, yeah. we, we think Eamon Holmes may be involved in some capacity. <laughs> who else could be involved in this? Ed the Duck? Um, yeah, if you go for like the classic children's cartoons, Lorraine Kelly, Lorraine. Oh, sorry, I'm, I don't know why I'm uh, I'm focusing more towards daytime TV presenters <laughs> yeah. at the moment. I was going to say Pat Judy Sharp, Finnegan's he... tits. <laughs> I say Pat Sharp, but I think he's got in trouble for something. Uh, something minor, I think. He, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if I if, uh, well, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I've got absolutely no interest in aligning myself <laughs> with Pat Sharp. <laughs> I was going to say know, all the but, things the hills I could die of. Uh, yeah. my, my support of Pat Sharp is not going to be at it. I think so. I'm I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on record and say I don't care what he said, but I imagine it's awful. I'm trying to think of like what other characters could be involved from this particular smorgasbord of unlikely uh, individuals to be introduced into a wrestling arena. And so as Ed the Duck would have to be a, a life size, a human size Ed the Duck costume, wouldn't it? Oh, we, oh, we have that Orville costume we saw. Yeah, we can have that. that yeah. yeah, this this yeah. could be like the, the why does this why does this exist massive free for all Royal Rumble? Yeah, everybody get get a bow in. <laughs> I tell you what, it'd be good though if it wasn't a life size head the duck. If it was just a hand puppet, and everybody <laughs> had to keep up the kayfabe and and pretend that this hand puppet, which didn't have a hand in, was actually like spinning them around and things. So that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you need some a series of elaborate trapdoors on the stage, wouldn't you? Just yes. just for it to pop up and down again. <laughs> Fill the hand puppet with cement. <laughs> Get it on some like uh, pantomime wires so it can fly around. <laughs> but also, oh, I thought we'd use it as a weapon, like a like a, a snooker ball in a sock. Yeah, well, effectively it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And twats across the face there, and actually, actually causing the loose teeth. Like, oh, <laughs> this suddenly got a lot more real. <laughs> yeah. Like you got this scenario: you got Team Rocket, Mister Motivator, the guy from Razor Light. It's all fun and games, and Ed the Duck introduced. It gets really bloody all of a sudden. <laughs> And there'd be tons of people in the in the audience who had no idea where the duck was, were just yeah. wondering why a cement-filled green sock has just been smashing people's teeth out. <laughs> Kids go home like, I was wrestling. A bit weird. <laughs> a green piece of felt is the world champion now somehow. Four people died. <laughs> yeah. And then Mr. Blobby pistol their coffin. <laughs> I don't think he was meant to be there. I think he had a literal breakdown. 
<laughs> but on the plus side, the razor light concert at the end was thrilling. <laughs> yeah. They were raising money for the victims who were still being cleared right. away. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what are we going to give this idea? Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. I'm very intrigued. So I've got to give it a five, to be honest, because it introduced a lot of things to my life which I didn't know I needed. I'm going to go along with you. I've enjoyed looking at it. It was a five for me as well. 14 seconds of pure joy, well spent. Uh, for, good value for anyone's money, I think. Hiya, welcome back, listeners. Um, so, Dean, what I'm going to show you this week mm-hmm. uh, is a competition. It happens every year, till very recently. It t- took a bit of a hit because of COVID, much like no, other things. That happened, yes. But, Dean... This is the World Championships Stinging Nettle Eating Competition. <laughs> so it happens in, in Dorset. Right. In a pub called the Bottle Inn. Okay. Um, I actually know why it exists because I'm, well, I was part of the article that I read about it. <laughs> Fair enough. What, what is your feeling about stinging nettles? You remember them as a child, I imagine? Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, a lot of not very nice memories of singing nettles because when we were kids, like, we used to go down by the uh, the train tracks, the, the abandoned train tracks from where the coal train used to go. And, you know, it's a lot of wild foliage around there, of the classic British sort. And, um, yeah, nettles were a constant thing. And I used to get a lot of stings. A lot of, uh, I remember once by the side of the river, I fell into a side of the riverbank and put my arm in st- stinging nettles right up to the shoulder. And uh, got a lot of uh, vinegar rubbed on my arms and it smelled like chips the rest of the day, which. <laughs> There are worse fates, but it did hurt. Does um, vinegar do it then? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I I don't know if it does, but my mother was convinced it does. <laughs> and and uh, it's one of those things. I think yeah, you got, you got a sting, rub vinegar on it, and it cools it down because obviously it's a cold liquid, and it stinks <laughs> of vinegar. So, <laughs> so yeah. it, over, it overwhelms your senses. Um, I, I think it is actually an alkaline sting, an alkaline chemical, so it would. But, so the acid the vinegar would neutralise it. Is that the fun? Yeah, but it doesn't. You just slap it in your skin; it just rolls off quickly. So a little bit gets mm. in. So it's not like it's a, you know, a cure all. But um, that, everyone was convinced. Of course, I lived in the pub with all, all, the, all the kitchens. We had loads of vinegar going around. So but it's like we can either find you some lime, or you can have the vinegar that I've got. I'm sure they're, they're not the same, but. Uh, <laughs> Because you definitely didn't have any lime in the pub to do like. Oh, I don't know. I don't mean citrus lime. I meant like lime, the oh, right. lime, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chemical, yeah. which, is, which is not a regular ingredient in any of my mother's cooking. But wait, anyway, <laughs> she's a good cook. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she'd run out to cornstarch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lime. <laughs> oh, it's filling this. Like <laughs> some smooth sauce. <laughs> so, but anyway, nettles, you, mm. you know, they're horrible, isn't they? I wouldn't like to eat them. No, no, it seems like a terrible idea. Uh, but these people do that annually, by the sound of things. Yeah. And I found an article, and the link is there in the, the notes, listeners. Mm. Um, there's a picture of a man eating some nettles. Can you see that, Dean? I can indeed. He doesn't look happy about it. He definitely does. <laughs> but he looks yeah, enthusiastic, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. Well, they, what they do, Dean, is. Um, mm. They get loads of stingy nettles, and mm. uh, they lay them all out, and you've got to eat them. Mm. And they do it in sort of two-metre-length nettles. Right. They just lay them all out. And then they measure how long of a, a stretch of nettles someone has ate. 
And uh, the record is somebody ate one year 104 feet of stinging nettles. What the hell? Which is a hell of a lot of anything. Anything. Stinging nettles. This is terrible. My first thought was going to be like, oh, they're going to have some horrific times on the toilet the next day. (laughs) (laughs) That's roughage and poison. It'll be a bit like the chess pieces scene from Aliens, but instead of <laughs> yeah, we the chest, be it'll be like an ass, and instead of <laughs> yeah. an alien, it'll be a turd. <laughs> yeah, but we need some fibrous one. But yeah, it'll be a literal ring stinger. That's the, that's, that's the problem with this. You'll still have people screaming and vomiting, probably. <laughs> yeah, but it, just I don't know if it says anywhere because I've read it. But um, you say like a hundred feet. Is that leaves or leaves and stalks too? Leaves. Okay, well, that's so, something at least. So yeah. I think the stalk isn't stingy. It's just the stalk's not stingy. So that would just be, you know, like a side. That's just wasted calories. That is doing for yeah, stalk. That's basic cellulose. That's like what they put in yeah. like those uh, protein powders and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the actual stingy bit. I yeah. found a video as well, Dean. Um, this is from Transworld Sports. Uh, it's got a really okay. annoying musical bed for some reason. So okay. try and ignore that, listeners. <laughs> Oh, sorry, it's got an sorry. it's got an annoying musical bed. I thought it's about a musical bed. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, I'm not introducing a totally different subject after <laughs> yeah, we talk about that's... the stinging nettle concept. Bored of this now. A music bed, yes, of course. The competition are simple. The winner is the person who manages to munch the most urtica, dioica, or stinging nettles in one hour. Shane Pym, the landlord of the Bottle Inn, who founded the event in 1996, has some useful advice for any would-be nettle eaters. You mustn't let it touch the lip. Whatever else you do, please don't let a nettle touch your lips. Your lips will swell badly. It will be painful. Um, Some people will roll them. Others people will fold them in. You must get them past the lips, onto the tongue, crunch. As soon as you've broken the sting, you're away. The speed eaters, they're the people that are making the really big numbers, they're just ripping the leaves off, pulling them into one big bundle, bundling them up, throwing it in, crunch, crunch, and down with a swig of beer. That is the way to make the big numbers, but you do have to pace yourself. Hey. So the man who organises it is <laughs> very keen to let people know that they must not touch their lips. <laughs> But yeah. he also emphasises that the, the best way to do it is with a swig of beer after every mouthful. Now, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you've got some sort of stake in this, uh, in this yeah, contest. Yeah, that's <laughs> one point. But you can imagine the St. John's Ambulance are going to have a busy day. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. It's just going to be yeah. swollen lips left, right and centre, aren't it? Mm. Well, you mentioned what to break the sting, and that's actually something I remember from it. You know when you're a kid, you had those encyclopedias for kids, like almost like orange sort of colours, all they faded. I can't remember if it was meant to be like that, but they have a list, list of facts and stuff. And one of those was, my, my mother had run from, I think my grand gave it to her, and I think it was hers and stuff. So a lot of the facts were out of date, but some well, of them were quite... Well, a great um, science. <laughs> I don't remember any of that, but like sort of everyday household stuff, you know, like, uh, when you're a woman, you cook with this egg and things yeah. like that, but... But one of them was about nettles, and they had a sort of little rhyme saying, um, if you stroke the stinging nettle, uh, it'll cause you pain. But if you grasp it like a man of metal, it's as soft, soft as silk remains, which is actually something to do with, if you grasp it, like clamp it, because um, the, the nettle stings you with really fine hairs on the leaf. Right. And if you sort of stroke it with your, sort of, with your it actually, that, it's so fine that it's going in your skin. But if you grab it with your thumb and forefinger with the rough pads and squeeze it, you, you, you sort of snap the hairs. Oh, Okay. So, 
So it doesn't sting you or can't sting you because you've broken the the mechanism. So I think that's what he means by break the sting. Right. Um, I think I did try it once and then it did work. I think I tried it again. It didn't work. So, ah, <laughs> so I think you should do it just sparingly. So, <laughs> so it's luck more than anything else. Is, is that what you're saying? I think so. Also, I think I was like seven. So maybe my kids' hands are quite soft skin. And this. Maybe I need to be actual like grown up when your skin is all calloused and hard and the world that's has right. worn you down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one more thing to show you related to this, Dean. Okay. Have a look at what it does to your tongue. Uh, oh, God. Okay. So there's a man here. He's won it one year. It doesn't say his name, but he's holding the trophy, so I'm assuming he's the winner. And his tongue is black. Yeah, it looks horrific. I mean, I'm I'm a bit sensitive about tongue stuff anyway, because you know my history with... Uh, oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, so like anything which damages the tongue. is a, Have I told that? Have I mentioned that on this? No, you haven't. Now, when I was uh, the same childhood, I'm referring to with the nettles. I uh, I did the classic thing we were constantly warned about and ran behind the swing with someone in it and got uh, hit in the mouth uh, by a swing in full pelt, a uh, bit clean through my tongue, and I'd have stitches and couldn't talk for a week. So anything you know, which threatens the tongue, I'm a little bit sort of gun-shy about. So, yeah, having your tongue constantly rasped with nettles <laughs> sounds like a... Well, you know what? I imagine most people wouldn't think that was a good idea, but obviously clearly some do because they've done it to the extent they win a trophy for it. Uh, so that looks, yeah, that's unpleasant. If you look at the, the sort of textures of it as well, it, it's, it's got a sort of leathery. Yeah. I wouldn't like my tongue to turn black. Do you think it would turn back to normal soon or is he fucked for life? <laughs> I think the tongue, uh, someone who's been to this, as, as, is one of the most rapidly regenerating parts of your body because obviously it's constantly being immersed in digestive enzymes. Oh, of um, course. Uh, but um, also something similar, I think pineapple, if you eat pineapple, it feels all tingly because the enzymes in pineapple are sort of digesting your tongue. Because uh, pineapple's got really sort of aggressive enzymes in it. That's why you can't put um, pineapple in jelly. As my mother found out once to a misfortune when she tried to make a jelly with a uh, trifle with pineapple in it, it just wouldn't <laughs> set because the, the pineapple eats cellulose, <laughs> just uh, gelatin, so not cellulose, gelatin. So it, uh, fun fact for you listeners, if you enjoy that, <laughs> Yeah, really? pineapples are surprisingly aggressive fruit chemically. Uh, but yeah, it'd be better. But, you know, the mental scars will last a lifetime, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> he won. It's the other people who comes back. And imagine eating 103 foot of stinging nettles and you lose out. You'd be gutted, wouldn't it? Yeah, in this context. But any other time, the myth come around, like someone, like a, your, your wife's uh, you know, parents come around and say, oh, what's this trophy for? I ate the most nettles out of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you guys are planning on kids, right? Because <laughs> I'm not sure this gene pool is what we want to draw from. <laughs> I can't have kids. I come third place in a penis bashing competition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what are we going to give this, Sandy? Um, tended to give it a high mark just for sheer. Batshittery. <laughs> oh, to, to, before we give you scores, I'm going yeah. to tell you why it started. Actually, okay. it's a good story. Okay, go on. Um, there was two farmers in this town where it takes place, mm. and um, they met at the local pub, that, that pub in question earlier on. Mm. And one of the farmers was complaining about the length of the nettles in his field. And mm. the other farmer said, rubbish, my, I've got nettles in my field, and they're much longer than yours. So they had a bet, and mm. whoever had the longest nettles would win, and the loser had to eat the nettles. <laughs> yeah. And I started this tradition. 
But that's that's not a logical <laughs> follow-on from that, is it? No. Like, why are you inserting that random <laughs> caveat into it? <laughs> well, they probably didn't have any money to bet on. No, and nothing else to do, I bet, to the countryside back then. Well, you say back then, Dean, and this tickled me about the story as well. You'd think it'd be like a story from like the you know 1600s or something like that. Yeah, that's, yeah like got, that was this my is a tradition that's been going on for hundreds of years. No, yeah. the mid 1980s is when it started. <laughs> <laughs> No, that makes me look at it more favourably. <laughs> like if it's oh, the, the origin of the dawn of time, it's just, just people being bonkers in our lifetime. Yeah, the people who started are probably still alive. <laughs> yeah, it probably owns that pub. Yeah. <laughs> probably that guy. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to give it a four then because uh, I'll take a point off because of the, the tongue damage aspect, which I'm I can't be get get round. Like it's not something I'm ever going to be particularly fond of. But other than that, like for the sheer Balls out insanity of it. Good, good work, everyone. Uh, for the utter randomness of it, for the determination of people like who do do it and go through it. Uh, it's good to encourage uh, plant based diet. <laughs> so that's that's always good. Um, yeah, so I'll give it a four for all of those things I said. Good. I'm going to give it four as well. I think hmm. I've enjoyed looking at it. I don't think I would like to take part. No, I don't think I'd even like to eat one stinging apple, let alone 104 feet. No, no, I've, I'm not, I'm not a special enthusiast. I will say, uh, when we were going up, um, guy down the road first, Mervin, he was like the, the little old man who everyone knew. He used to love home brewing. Apparently, once he made nettle wine, I heard it was really nice. I'm always sorry I never got to try that. I bet that would, okay. yeah, it was intriguing as a concept. I'd give it a go. I'd drink that. Sounds good. Wine, exactly. It's got, it's been fermented. I'm sure it's fine by now. Wine, why not? That's what I always say. Exactly, exactly. You tell them straight. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. Welcome back. Everyone's favourite dissection. This is Random Wikipedia Article. It's where we look at a random Wikipedia article. Um, I've got the controls this week, everybody. He does. So hopefully we won't get any moths or anything like that. Here it goes. <laughs> Three, two, one, and it is. Oh, please. Oh, oh, close. <laughs> close. For listeners, I thought it was the moth, but it's not. It's something else. It is Planodes ambonesis, which is a species of beetle. Beetle. Yeah. So, but. Better than moth, um, but uh, as articles go, <laughs> it's slim, and it's, it <laughs> seems to follow the the format of the moth articles as well. It's got yeah. the Latin names. It says it's a moth from a family of things, and it says the name of the bloke that described it. Yeah, but this time it's different. It says it's a beetle from the family of beetles, and says the bloke on the name that described it and the year oh. <laughs> which they did. It. Yeah. This so is already. from 1965. Hey, hang on. Yeah. I bet there was loads of people looking for beetles in 1965 because they were the in thing. <laughs> oh, God. Beetle mania, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> were they so popular? It spilled over into homonyms. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think I've heard once that uh, beetles are the most numerous type of insect. I think like, there's more beetles than there are any other type of insect, because they are sort of a, a sturdy and diverse and enduring uh, breed. So like um, in mammals, I think it's bats who are, which are the most numerous really? in terms of all the species. Yeah, because they, I think because they swarm. What's that got to do with anything? 
What do you mean numerous? Is in types or just sheer numbers? Sheer numbers, I think. Oh, uh, okay, fair I enough. Think, yeah. Um, although you think it'd be bats or something, wouldn't you? Or, like, or humans probably you know, got a good claim. Yeah, that, I'm but... sure there's more fucking humans in the world than there are bats. Yeah. I'm going to have to pick you up on this team. Yeah, okay, there's something I read ages ago. I'm not going to claim any sort of... Uh, I could go out to the street now, Dean, and I could see a human. I'm sure of it if I went to the <laughs> I, I, I rarely see a bat. Oh, well, that's why you see, because they, they, they are literally at night and they're black and dark, so you don't see them. There's a bat behind you right now, actually. I can see it from, from you. I remember uh, we found you weren't with us, but me, uh, the two Roberts, um, and maybe Jeremy's was there as well. We found a bat. Mm. You had an injured wing and sort of fell from the sky in front of us when we were walking around in the dark at night. Mm. Uh, yeah, Robert picked it up. I was a bit worried getting rabies myself, so <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to touch it. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what we did with it. I think we may have uh, battered it and deep fat fried it. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, a vaguely similar story in that I was in the, the pub I grew up in, uh, a big draft building, and I was in my bedroom and I heard this high-pitched squeaking sound and I turned the light on and there was a bat circling my ceiling, just going round and round. Mm. And uh, it was one of those things, like adults can't hear bats, but I, I definitely heard it because... Um, they're so high pitched, like when you've gone like hit, hit your teens or like early twenties, yeah. your hearing is atrophied enough that you can't hear that level of pitch, but kids can. Wow! So it's a, it's a really weird sort of you know a biological uh, quirk. So I heard it and I ran downstairs screaming because you you pretty liked on in your big drafty house room and there's a bat, <laughs> <laughs> a big yeah. black shit. You you will shit yourself. I, I was yeah. like six, so I did. But um, it, was, it was a Saturday night, so it was really busy, and my mother goes in the kitchen, mom, mom, mom. What's the matter? Is there's a bat in my room? I said, don't be stupid. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> why, why, why have I ever lied about something like this? She said, oh, good point. But she's really busy. So my granddad was in the in the lounge, like just as a Saturday night thing. She goes, she goes Dad, what? He says there's a bat in his room. Can you get rid of it? Aye. My family went upstairs and spent 20 minutes. I mean, he just clocked him with a cushion eventually. <laughs> Classic old Valley Man style. Like, yeah. I don't give a damn. Smash. Yeah, but he um he brought it down the end, which is a really good move on his part because I was like the kitchen frantic. Is Dean, come here, buddy? And it's like, oh, what's up? He's got it. Look, see, look at this. And he held it up like with wings stretched out. It was basically like a tiny little furry mouse with like yeah. big wings. See, look, no arm to it. Look at this. He's like, oh, he's quite cute. He's here. Go on, give his belly a stroke. Then, he's right. Let him go now. Do it out. Yeah, see, all done. And because I, I could have, that could have been this, the, the, the origins of a lifelong phobia and terror. He did the, the classic old man. Right, no, nothing to worry about. Look, see, look at it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it worked. But I told you about you tried the same with my mother that time, and it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're moths, yeah. So like, <laughs> again, moths. I've inherited my my mother's hatred of moths <laughs> by a very strange means. <laughs> she got it from childhood trauma. I got it from a podcast. But either way, <laughs> anyway, nothing to do with Beatles. <laughs> Getting back to the Beatles, then, Dean. Uh, what's your favourite Beatles album? Um, oh, is it Cobbett and Say the White Album? No, not at all. Very good choice. It's what I think I'll just spend the moment. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> that is a cop out. <laughs> and to, for a second, then, listeners, I thought Dean had actually listened to the White Album and, and enjoyed it. Well, I, I've heard all the songs on it, just like not in, you know, I don't have the actual standalone collection of, of songs in my possession. So, you know, we don't need that. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, you know. 
Painted Black and all that. I love those songs. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's only joking. Yes. Should we have a look at uh, Stephen yes. Von Brunick, then? Yes, yes. He, hopefully he's got some... Ooh, ooh, he's, he's, got got a good, he's got a strong jaw. He does, he does. <laughs> He's a sort of man that you can only photograph in shadow. <laughs> yeah. He seems to be in bright daylight, but he's got half his face is cloaked in, in darkness. Yeah. The shadow follows him wherever he goes. Stefan yeah. von Brüning. <laughs> yeah, he's got a good gothic name too, isn't he? He does. Oh, he was. Uh, he died after we were born, so he was. He yeah. was uh, the overlap slightly. Could have met him. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not him reincarnated though. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I always think of that when I see someone who's died after me. It's like, oh, there's lucky escape. <laughs> I give a bit of blind, but a difference. <laughs> <You weren't. laughs> yeah, so he's an Austrian entomologist, uh, specialised in beetles. Yeah, he was a coleopterology. Um, particularly the Longhorn family. Oh, I guess that must be those beetles with the big, um, you know, big like the stag beetles with the big uh, protrubing. Yes, there's uh, one. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, I think the uh, the beetle that we the beetle in question um, is one of those types. We're yes. going to go back to the the beetle itself for a second, Dean. But look at this mm. section here and the personal life. Mm. Um, I'll read it for the listeners. I don't understand what it means. Okay, personal life. He gave the photo shown together with the text to be published after his death. What does that mean? The photo shown on this article. Yeah, I think. Uh... You obviously posthumously in his will he said, Here publish this bit of work and this photo is attached to it. So it's like a it's like a posthumous profile pic, I guess. Oh right, with a text to be published after his yeah. I get it, I get it. All right, then that's well, my yeah. assumption anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Also, one Bruning lived with his wife in a small studio at the top of the old building in Rue Dorantin, Paris. This is this is very limited personal life. He's got yes. <laughs> all I tell him is he died. <laughs> he he owned one photograph at least, <laughs> yeah. and he lived with his wife, which, yeah. which he wouldn't do, I suppose. Yeah, not interesting. Yeah, he was all about the Beatles. This guy, <laughs> he was. He's Beatles yeah. mad. This fella, he had no other interests. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was like, on a TV show. I think it might be Record Breakers or something. They showed what's the Strongest animal, sort of pound for pound. And I think it was a dung beetle. Oh, they yeah. Can, they can pull or push way more than their average, than their weight. It's yeah. probably, sure, sure, an extra big shire horse put in, like, similar proportional weight. I said, oh, the dung beetle is the strongest. I thought, well, yeah, I guess, but the horse could just like, crush it instantly. <laughs> <laughs> in the practical sense, the horse is probably going to win that fight. Yeah, I'd love to stick a dung beetle, like, up against... Um... A blue whale. <laughs> Best of three, one underwater, one on the land, and one in a neutral venue space. And we'll see, we'll see who comes out the winner. It's the tardigrades again. <laughs> Once again, they seem to keep winning this. <laughs> they always catch it in the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that classic joke in this. And, um, it's like a, a sea lion can like travel like 50 miles an hour on land and 50 miles an hour in the water. So in the triathlon, you have to make every time on the cycling. <laughs> Oh, that was, that was tickles me that one. That's a good one. Um, as oh. I got news for you, there's yeah. no picture of the, the beetle on the article. And I've just done a quick Google search, and there doesn't seem to be any pictures of it on Google either. Yeah. So I'm of the opinion that Stephen von Brunig is lying. Well, he might be, because as I said, like, if beetles are the most numerous, you can just say, yeah, find another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they're the most numerous. There's only 10. <laughs> yes. And these liars like Von Brunig going around saying they found one every other day. 
They're on commission. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Five shillings for a new beetle species. <laughs> and he could afford to live in Paris. Oh, I get it. I, I see what's happening here. But he kept his personal life quiet. <laughs> Just all dirty beetle money. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I bet he lives with his wife. <laughs> Look, I'm going to try my best now to find a picture of this uh, um, creature. Uh, let us remind ourselves that it's called the Planodes Ambonesis. Ambonesis. Ambulances, ambulances. Let's call the whole thing off. We're going to do <laughs> one more quick search, and that's a fish. <laughs> two shows of fish, literally a fish. Yeah. Two fish, two fish. Uh, two fish. Dude, I'm on Bing. Let's get the hell off Bing. <laughs> no wonder that's not working. Bing image search, listeners. You put in the name of a beetle, and results two and four are fish. <laughs> literally are, by the way, everyone. Absolute shit. <laughs> Oh, and now it's giving me. I, I've seen. I'm putting copy paste, and what it's giving me is the text from the phone call we received earlier from the Fanny Madrat. Abandoned shipping. We're just yeah. going to have to accept that there is no images of this people. I'm afraid. Yeah, it doesn't exist clearly. Much like uh, uh, Sergey's or whatever his name is. <laughs> it's very sort of like it's a fictional thing. Never happened. <laughs> uh, so, what are we going to give the article then, Dean? It's um, a scant article, as seems yeah. to be a regular occurrence now. It is one, two, three, four, 18 words long. Not enough, is it? Not enough. No picture. No pictures. So we're not entirely sure that the beetle exists. No. Uh, we're not entirely sure that the, the entomologist exists, to be honest. We've got one no. photo of him and no life. <laughs> uh, job for the listeners. Uh, why not pad out this article next week by adding a statement that says uh, personal life Dean Burnett's favourite Beatles album is the White Album, although he does not actually own it. We'll check on that in a couple of weeks, see if anybody's updated that. See if James Whale kicks me off again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a one. There's nothing to work with here. Although we've had some fun with it. But that's I think that, that, that the credit for that goes to us, not the article. Yes, Dean, I've had fun looking at myself in the mirror, and that's low <laughs> entertainment. So uh, I'm going to give it a one as well. Mm. Good. Our scores are in sync this week. Yes. Good. I think uh, that's a that's a message to the listener. You know, uh, if you do something often enough, you'll become entirely predictable. That's right. <laughs> Thought for the day. <laughs> Synchronized. Yes. <laughs> We've moved one step closer to becoming one beast, Dean. <laughs> one beast. <laughs> one beast, two backs. <laughs> that's it. One beast, two backs. A black moon for Earth. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>